כבוד הרבנים, standing in the presence of such distinguished Rabbanim Mufakim among the real gedolim of the world of Torah today and I am sure every day you are aware of the privilege of being able to study with the Ramim of Yeshiva University I only get the chance once in a while uh, since I belong to the Gullahs, Kful and Mufupalas that we call uh, the United Kingdom and uh, it's only once in a while that I have the service to be here. But let me tell you that when I was a student, just after the Jurassic Age, I think it was, a long time ago, uh, in 1968, I had the as a university student, to come here to Yeshiva University because I had heard there was terror in America. And I had the Zuchus of sitting for two hours at that time with Rav Soloveitchik said so. And that encounter with YU and with the Rav Zotzal changed my life. And I just had two hours. You, you have many more hours than that. And may the Torah change you and lift you. And may you take the Torah you learn here to teach and to lift others. And may Hashem give you the zechutz of being fulfilled in you, the bracha that Moshe Rabbeinu gave, the builders of the Mishkan. Friends, I, I want to say a little bit about tefillah today. We'll see how much we can, we can do. But this is the Tzad HaShemah. Tefillah is a constant throughout Jewish history, but there are some times when it's more important even than others. And at this moment, and when the Jewish people face a great deal of challenge in Israel, in Europe, as you heard in this morning's news, even close at hand, two shuls in Riverdale, when the difficult forces are arraigned against us, whether it's anti-Semitism or Israel's isolation or outmarriage and assimilation or all the other thousand shocks that flesh is heir to all those sarot become real if we like him or not. And we must never forget, ever, that the superscription of Jewish history is the words of Zechariah Hanavi, Lobachayel, Belobachach, Kim Bruchi. The Jewish people does not rely on physical strength or even political might. It exists by my spirit, says Hashem. <coughs> and whereas Chazal say, and in every generation it is true, true the Jewish world stands on three things, <coughs> you will know here in America, and you will see in Britain, and in many other places around the world, Rarely has Torah been so strong. We built schools and yeshivas in the last half century more than in almost any other period in Jewish history. Go around the world and you will see Gemilut Chasadim. Acts of welfare and kindness in such strength and beauty 
that you will feel privileged to be part of a people who feel the imperative. As we read in Shul Bar Shabbos, Rechashu Ishva Achiv, Ishva Avonah Achiv, Melamed Shekol Yisrael, Arabin Zebazeh, the sense of mutual responsibility that they find is the Jewish people. So Torah is strong. Milos Chazarim is strong. But Avodah is not always strong. People are alienated from Shul. They come and they're not inspired. They come and they read the Siddha and they're not engaged. They don't feel what it should be, what ideally. A personal and collective Dusiyah in Sichayla a dialogue between earth and heaven the choral symphony the Jewish people sings to its creator. And I really believe that we are a generation of spiritual weakness despite the strength in the other two areas. And the driver of the Jewish spirit is Tefillah. And that is why seven, eight years ago when I understood that this is really the crisis, I won't go into detail why. I was determined to do what I could and I hope you will do what you can to enrich the life of Tefillah. The first and most important act of which was a new translation and commentary to the Siddha, the current Siddha, and especially a long introduction which sets out the, the philosophy of the Halakha of Tefillah in the derech that I learned that day 41 years ago when the Rav Zadzal told me the Jewish philosophy can only come from and stand on the basis of Allah. So let us have a look at maybe three very simple ideas, but they're powerful ones. I don't know if you know this, but there is a very lovely professor, Orthodox Jew in Israel, who published, lovely man, good man, who out of the finest of intentions published a book a few years ago called Must a Jew Believe Anything? I don't know if you saw that book. It's a wonderful act of Malamid Zuchus al Yisrael. Because he discovered that not many Jews believe very much, so he was trying to argue that still they're wonderful and we don't really need to believe anything. And it was beautiful. The only trouble is it's not true. And uh, I wondered how a thoughtful, literate person can make such a mistake. And the answer is obvious because he says so. His basis is, look at the literature of Chazal, and where will you see a kind of Masechet Emunah? Where in the literature of Mishnah, Tzavta, Bavli, Yushami, will you find a, a philosophy of Jewish faith, of Jewish belief? You won't find it. The first time you find it is in the Yudgim Karim the Rambam, on which there was much debate among the Rishonim for the next two centuries. But if you look in Chazal, you will see only the famous Mishnah at the beginning of Perek Helech, in the Sefer Sanhedrin, Kol Yisrael, Yeshleim Helech, Lelam Abah, except an somebody who denies Torah in Hashemayim, somebody who denies and so on. One little paragraph and a discussion in the Gemara, but otherwise nothing. So there's almost nothing on Emunah in the literature of Chazon. And that signals how little we understand the methods of Chazon. 
Chazal were utterly fastidious in distinguishing between different literatures. So that if you want to know the halacha, you look in the Mishnah, you look in the Gemara. You want to understand how the halacha comes from the Torah, how is Torah Shebaal Peh based on Torah Shebaal You look in Midrash, halacha, in the Mechilta, the Sifra, and the Sifra. You want to understand the meaning of Torah, exegesis, interpretation, and general reflection on the biblical vision, look in Midrash Agadah, Midrash Rabbah, and the various other Midrashim. If you want to discover the Masechet Emunah, the literature of Jewish faith, where Chazal carried through into literary expression all their beliefs about Jewish faith, it is the Sibur. That is the literature in which they poured all their thoughts about Emunah. Now, there are some obvious cases, I'm sure you know. I want to look at the less obvious case. The obvious case. It's number one, as is already clear from Perek Chelek, one of the major contentious issues in the late Bayesheni period was Tchiasamesi. There were Jews who were influenced by Greek philosophy and Greek culture, Hellenistic Jews. And there were many such Jews in Israel who tend to identify some of them as Stokim. I think it was wider than that. And they believed, as Plato believed, that there's a radical distinction between Guf and the Shama, body and soul. The body is mortal, but the soul is immortal. And therefore, the main reward for life in this world is Alam Haba, the eternal life of the immortal soul. So they didn't believe in Tchirzamesi. It's for them, it was an anti-climax. You've gone all the way up to heaven, you've got to come back to earth again. Is this Chav? It's homage. So they didn't believe in Tchiyas Amesim. Whereas the Jewish people as a whole, Shehem Aminim, B'neim Aminim, understood that justice and Chav is to be found in this world. The world God created and seven times pronounced good. And therefore they held that if there were not justice in this world for the people who were Masu Nafsham al Kirish Hashem throughout all the persecutions in history, above all in the Shoah, if they were not to live again physically as well as spiritually, then Ashafi Kalaritz Loyasemishpat. And therefore they insisted. Because you can't defer justice to another world that has no relationship to this world. Where did they fight that battle? Answer in the Siddha. The second paragraph of the Amida, five times in one paragraph is an affirmation of the belief in they did not write theological treatises about it. They wrote a prayer about it. 
And therefore, that battle was fought in the Sidur. There was another major intellectual movement at that time. We know it from the Dead Sea Scrolls, the Qumran sectarians who believed in a total division between the children of light and the children of darkness. We know it even more from certain early Christian documents that were discovered two years before the Dead Sea Scrolls called the Nag Hammadi Manuscripts discovered in a desert in Egypt, what is called the Gnostic Gospels, we know that widespread throughout that whole area was a doctrine known as Manichaeism or Gnosticism, what Chazal called That There is a force of good in the world and there's a force of evil in the world. And there are two contending forces, what we call dualism. The occupational hazard of monotheism is not polytheism, and with due deference to Richard Dawkins and all the other, other angry atheists, the temptation of monotheism is not atheism either, it's dualism. You, how can you reconcile all the evil in the world with a good God? Answer, there must be another force at work, another force for evil, and therefore Hazal took the one pasuk in the whole of Tanakh that confronts this directly and refutes it absolutely, the pasuk from Yeshayahu Anabi, Yotze Or, Uvore Choshech, Ose Shalom, Uvore Tarah. God creates everything, the good and the less good, God creates it all. In order to produce Lashon Nekiyah, Laolam, always we should speak Lashon Nekiyah, Chazal changed that last word into from into and they placed it as the first sentence of Tfilah B'tzibur. Tfilah B'tzibur begins with Barakul, and the very first sentence is Yotzeo Barakosh. They fought dualism, which incidentally is a belief that functions in all ages. When you hear extremists today talking about whatever they talk about, Shalom, you shouldn't know such things, you know. Here are we, the Maminim, and there are the Crusader Zionist Alliance, you, you know, the forces of good and evil. Whenever you see two Rushuyot, you are looking at a dualistic faith, which is a betrayal of monotheism, and it's a Yetzirah, a standing temptation in every generation. And Chazal fought that belief issue, that theological issue in the Siddur. Not only that, but even the Rambam's Yud Gibbali Karim did not become engraved in the soul, in the souls of, of Amcha until somebody turned them into a poem and wrote the music for them so we could sing our philosophy and not just become, you know, I'm sure in Columbia or Yale or Harvard you can sit and study philosophy. In fact, I studied philosophy, both on in, in Oxford and Cambridge. And I, you know, and you sit and you think and you study, and after uh, 20 years of continued study, you realize that what we know is that we know nothing at all, and all the great questions don't have such great answers. But in we sing our philosophy, we govern it, 
We'd say, Yigdal, that's the 30 Nikarim. That's how they became real in the life of the Jew. When they appeared in the Siddha, that's when they became normative. Until then, no. But I want to show you, not in these obvious cases like Shteirushuyot and Piazamesim, but the entire structure of Jewish faith, of Emunah, is the determining shaper of the structure of the Tefillot. The Rambam writes, sets out in his in his Dhammat Berakhalek and in Hilchas Tshuva the Yudgimali Karim. There is much debate about them for the next two hundred years, but along comes Tashbet and says all. The Rambam's 13 principles can be allocated to three boxes. And those three boxes are the basic shape of Jewish faith. The first principles of the Gud Gimelik Karim are about the existence of God and God's creation of the universe. And all of those, in other words, are the belief in creation. Then come all the beliefs about the way God communicates with humanity through Nevi'im, through Moshe Rabbeinu, the distinctive feature of Moshe Rabbeinu, the Torah, the immutability of the Torah, all of those come under the broad heading for the Tashbets of Revelation. And finally, the justice in the world, and if there's not complete justice in the world, then there ultimately will be through Mashiach and through Tchiyasamesim. All of those are in the book, box called Redemption. Justice in the world is called Redemption. So all of Jewish faith can be summarized in three words. Creation, revelation, redemption. Tell me, the three paragraphs surrounding Kriyashima and leading up to the Amida, what is the first paragraph of that? The first paragraph is about creation. Second paragraph, Alvorado, what is that about? Barakabesh Barakabesh, Hayer and Engbisarasachah, David Bibenu, Mitzvazachah. The second bracha is about revelation. The third bracha, which connects the Shema to the Amida, and is so connected by super glue that you don't even interrupt anything between Geula, Litfila, Yisrael. The third paragraph is about redemption. The entire structure of Birkot Kriyat Shema, a creation, revelation, redemption. That whole passage of prayer is a personal journey through the essentials of Jewish faith. Now let's have a look at Ma'ari, Shabbos, Mincha of Shabbos. Shabbos is the only day in the year, I think, in which the three Amidas are all different. No other day of the year <coughs> that we have different Amidas for Shachar and Musa, of course, is different, but no other day of the year are each different. What is Marit? Atta Kidashta, etc., etc., Tatwis, Mazet, Shamayim, Baharat. Have a look at it, you will see that is Shabbos of creation. The morning, Yismach Moshe, Bamadna Schalka, Shnei Luchot Zavonim, Haribi Yado, 
That is the Shabbos that Moshe Rabbeinu received on Malucha Zavanim or Amara, the Shabbos of Revelation. What is Shabbos Mincha? The ultimate moment. Yemosa Mashiach, Piyasa Mesim, when Ata Echad, Veshimcha Echad, when the unity of God comes together with the unity of Israel and the unity of humankind, that's the Shabbos of redemption. So, you see, the Shabbos Amidus take us through the same journey from creation to revelation to redemption. Have a look at morning Shabbos. How does it begin? What's Pesukim Baruch It's about creation. The whole Pesuki de Zimra is about creation. I will say, what about by Varith David? And what about Oz Yashir? No, that's a good question. Sadi Gan already noticed they don't belong there. If you want to know why they're there, please reconsider. I am not trying to explain it. It's another Shir. But Pesuki de Zimra about creation. And then we say Varithu. And then what happens? From Varithu to the end of the Yamina, we are directly in the presence of a Kaddishbar. That's revelation. And then finishes the Amida, Kaddish Tiskalo, and then what happens? What happens is today, there used to be a period of study of Nevi'im. People used to study Tempsukim from Nevi'im, and Nevi'im are all about justice in this world, they're all about redemption. But only a fragment of that remains, and that fragment begins with the words, Uva, Letzion, it is about redemption. So the morning chakras takes us through from Sukhi to Zimra, Barakun to the end of the Amida, and Uvala to go, creation, revelation, redemption. Now we see how the entire Siddha are on a variety of scales, some big, some small, what I call um, what I call them. Call the uh, fractals. You come across fractals, Mandelbrot, you know, the replication of a certain pattern at different levels of scale. The Siddha is full of fractals, you know? I mean, you know, what's the basic structure of the Amida? Sheva, Bakasha, Hodava, right? That's the basic structure of the Amida. So have a look at the first of the paragraphs of Bakasha, and you will see that that one paragraph. It's a fractal of the whole Amida. It begins with Sheva, Ata Phonem Adam Daz, then Bakasha, Phonem Milcha Devi Nevaskel, then Adal Barakada Hashem, Phonem Adas. I mean, it's not all the paragraphs of fractals, only that one. But you'll see the same patterns are replicated with different magnitudes, and that's basic structure. But the basic structure of Tidilah is isomorphic with replicates the basic structure of Emunah. And therefore, every act of doubling is a personal journey through faith. And in this, by deciding not to put tefillah in, in a literature like Mishnah, Rabbi X says this, Rabbi Y says that, let's have a philosophical debate. They didn't do that. They didn't make a Mishnah, a Talmud, a Midrash. They made a Siddha. Why? Because you... Faith is not something that you can discuss from the outside. 
You have to experience it from the inside. Don't think you can understand faith in academic detachment. You cannot. You can understand a lot in academic detachment. You can't understand faith. So we don't discuss faith. We pray faith. We don't philosophize about faith. We double faith. We don't speak about faith. We sing faith. And that, I believe, is, is the most profound judgment of Hazan. What the Sefer Emunat Yisrael is considered. That's point one. Maybe I only have time for one more point. Then I'll answer questions. It's an important point. What is our holiest prayer? I mean, if you ask a five-year-old in Peter, what's our holiest prayer? What would they say? What? What? Yeah? Shema. Okay. Our holiest prayer, Shema Yisrael. Let me ask you a question. Is Shema Yisrael a prayer? Sorry, when we say in prayer the word you, Ata Fanenga Adam Das, Ata Yitzarta, Ata Gidashta, who is the you? Hashem, right? In prayer, the you is Hashem. The me is me, the you is Hashem. What somebody once called an I-thou relationship. I think that somebody forgot that in Judaism we have a we-thou relationship. And that was why he didn't, because he didn't know a lot of what we were going to say. Footnote, okay? Um, so when it says, Vahavta, you shall love the Lord your God. Who is the you? The you is you, right? It's not a Godish problem. So Shema is in the wrong, has the wrong pronouns for prayer. Because in prayer, we're speaking to God. And Shema is Moshe Rabbeinu saying the words of Hashem to us. Are you with me? So Shema cannot be a prayer. Grammatically, it cannot be a prayer. So what mitzvah are we fulfilling when we say creation? Shema? We are not fulfilling the mitzvah of Avodah. What mitzvah are we fulfilling? We are fulfilling the mitzvah of Talmud Torah. And the Gemara says, what is the minimum requirement of a Yisabah Yaman Valayla? Kriyashma. Shachris Vahavit. You say Kriyashma in the morning and at night, you fulfill the mitzvah, the minimal mitzvah of Talmud Torah. The Gemara says, but it's forbidden to say this to an Amorit. Because you say, you say Kriyashima, you don't that's you fulfill the mitzvah of Talmud Torah. The Amorites will think, oh right, <laughs> I don't know, I need to come to Yeshiva University after all. <laughs> and then along comes the Gemara and says, no, other of them. Mitzvah. It's actually a mitzvah to tell this to an Amorites, because there's the four Amorites who say, I, I didn't come to Yeshiva University. What chaylek have I got in Claudius Road? To give him a little mechama, you know, you also fulfill the mitzvah of Yisabo Yama Belayla. And out of that mechama, he'll aspire to climb the ladder. Don't kick him off the ladder. Tell him he's already on the ladder. Bottom rung, but tell him it's on the And you know, La Halacha, if you forgot to say or were unable to say, because of Torah in the morning, then, Bidiyavad, if you say, Abba Rabba, you said, because of Torah. 
So, Shema Yisrael is not Tefillah, it's Talmud Torah, and the other is a bracha over Talmud Torah. Okay. Hevra, I want you to put that aside for one moment. We're going to revisit it. And I want you to think about literary form. <coughs> one of the most basic literary forms in the Torah, it is what is called a chiasmus. C-H-I-A-S-M-U-S, or what I call mirror image symmetry. Chiasmus is a literary structure that goes A, B, C, C, B, A. Perfect example, Breshis, Peretes, Pasubav, the essential core of the Brit B'nai Noah, Shofeh, Dam, Ha'adam, Ba'adam, Damo, Yishofeh. A, B, C, C, B, A. That is a, the basic, one of the most basic structures of biblical stuff. It's one of the most basic structures uh, in general of, 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 of Jewish thought. Incidentally, you know why? Out there in the big wide world there's something called culture, there's something called literature. There's perfection of form. Aesthetics is about surah, not about chomer. A sonic can be about anything. The only thing you have to be careful about is make sure it's 14 lines long, written in iambic pentameter, and it ends with a rhyming cup. You can write sonnets about anything from love to the Wall Street crash to whatever you like. So in, in secular culture, there's a divorce between a Homer and Surah, between content and form. In Judaism, there is a perfect marriage between content and form. So it's not by accident that the Torah says, Shofet, Dam, Adam, Adam, because the chiasmic form says that what happens to you is a mirror image of what you do. It is the literary expression of Mida Kanegidna. Okay, <laughs> that's a bit philosophical. Okay, let's get back to Tarkas. I want you to look at the structure of the Shmanesra. As you know, the outer elements are a mirror image of one another. The first three brothers and the last three brothers mirror images of one another. And for the details, see uh, the Rav Zatzal's book on... Uh, what's it called? What? Yeah. So read the Rav Zatzal on that, how brothers one, two, three are mirrored by the last three brothers how the Sheva mirrors the Hoda'ah. And let's look at the middle paragraphs. Um, what is the first paragraph of the middle paragraphs? Chonenadot. A prayer for knowledge. The second, Haratzebi Tshuva. The third, Chananamar Belislav. Right? Who do these affect? These affect us as individuals. As individuals, we need das, we need tshuva, we need slicha, mechila. Are those spiritual needs or physical needs? Obviously, spiritual needs. Then comes the 
But if you look at all of the Farshim, the Geula spoken about here in Revan is different from the Geula spoken about in God Israel. Because the Geula referred to in this paragraph, the Yemida is Geula Pratit, the Hashem rescuing the individual, not Hashem rescuing the nation. You will see this in every single one of the Mephoshim, that this is, you know, somebody's in prison, he needs release. Somebody is in, you know, whoever needs Gula, Yeshua, that's an individual thing. Second, Rafael Hashem Benerafen, a prayer for healing. And thirdly, Baruch Aleinu Hashanim, which is a prayer for Panos. So we have here three further prayers, and they are to do with the individual. Are they about physical or spiritual needs of the individual? They're the physical needs. So we have the opening three, then the second three, which are about the spiritual needs of the individual, and then we have the physical needs of the individual, and then we move on to the nation as a whole. If we want a Jewish people to be a sovereign people, then there is only one place on earth where we have ever had or ever aspired to rule ourselves, which is Eretz Israel. So the first thing we need for a physical home of the Jewish people is Kibbutz Goliath. The second thing is Hashiva Shoftein What were the Shoftim? In Sefer Shoftim, as Rabbi Avram ben Rambam says in his spiritual Torah, these were manhigim. Hashiva Shoftenu Kibarishanah is a prayer for Atzmaut. Let Rabbanu Olam, don't let us be ruled by others, let us rule ourselves. So that is a prayer for self-government uh, and independence. And finally, unfortunately, as you know from uh, American culture, who are the biggest critics of Israel in America? Yeah, so, are you with me? Because that project, uh, the, sorry, this is the, the Rav Hankins itself, how he, he writes that are the people who are opposed with, from within uh, the Jewish state, and historically that's what happened, as you know, uh, the Hellenists and the etc. historically. So we have here three paragraphs which represent the physical needs of a Jewish nation in its own land. Kibbutz Goyas, independence, and the absence of internal sinaf chinam, which caused galut twice in Jewish world. Well, it caused every galut in Jewish history, in the days of Yosef, in the days of Bayez Rishon, when the temp kingdom had already split in two. And so we have the physical needs of the Jewish people. And then what do we say? What do we need? We need tzaddikim, chasidim, etc., etc. What else do we need? Yerushalayim. And what else do we need? Mashiach. Matzmiach, Karim, Yeshua. Are those the physical needs of the people or the spiritual needs? They're the spiritual needs. We have a perfect chiasmus, all constructed in triplets, units of three. We have the inner and outer marrying one another, Shevet and Hoda'ah. Then we have the spiritual needs of the individual, the physical needs of the individual, 
the physical needs of the people, the spiritual needs of the people. It's a perfect chiasmus. There is one paragraph that doesn't fit the structure. What? Shmat right? Why did Shmat not fit the structure? Because as you know, every other tefillah in the Yemidah is tefillah pratit, is a specific one, but the one Shmat is tefillah pralit. It's a general one. It doesn't fit in the structure. So we have standing out here, Shmat Now I want you to put these two propositions together. And here it goes. Ein sicha elat Prayer is a dialogue. And that dialogue, 4,000 years old, between heaven and earth, the Jewish people and the Godish Baruch has two dimensions. One is called Torah, one is called Tefillah. In Torah, God speaks to us. In tefillah, we speak to God. That is the Ein Sicha El Tefillah. And now you see why the core of our tefillah is Shema and the Amida. Because Shema is Torah, it's not tefillah. And when we are saying Shema, we are listening to our Kodesh Baruch who is saying, Shema Yisrael. Am Yisrael, listen to me. I'm speaking to you, listen to me. Irish Baruch Hu, that's all he wants of us. 92 times in Sefer Devarim is the root Shema. Because that's the essence of the relationship between us and the Irish Baruch Hu, which we call Talmud Torah. Every time we learn Talmud Torah, we're listening to the voice of the Irish Baruch Hu as mediated through Moshe Rabbeinu and the Nevi'im and, and uh, Tanaim and Amaraim. They are all giving us the words of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Talmud Torah is a mitzvah of listening to God. And now you see the beautiful dialectic. That whole structure of Shema and Amida. First Talmud Torah, then Tvilah. First God says to us, listen to me. And then in the Zuchus of our listening to him, we are able to say to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Shema Kohen, please listen to us. And that is the dialogue that is constituted with prayer. Before we can ask God to listen to us, we have to listen to Him. And that is Shema. <coughs> and I hope you see here, I mean, how intricately this is constructed all around these two occurrences of the same word Shema. And how this journey that we call prayer is a conversation between Akadosh Baruch and us. There's so much more I wanted to say. Uh, and therefore, let me end with these words. music is nice but it helps if you know the form called a symphony or a sonata you know a little bit about 
what Beethoven is doing when he writes a string quartet in C sharp minor. I mean, the music is nice either way, but you know, you don't really enter into it until you understand the aesthetics of this, the meaning, the tonality. I've just been lecturing in these places of yours, um, Princeton and uh, University of Virginia and Yale and Harvard clubs, and they have lovely architecture there in Princeton. Not as nice as you should be. It's quite nice. And for Ruach, don't even think of comparing the two. But how on earth am I going to really appreciate the architecture of Princeton, which is uh, an imitation of British Gothic? I only want to say that to remind you of a certain history between our two countries. But uh, what is Gothic? You know, I don't understand what is that architecture until I understand what is the difference between Gothic architecture and different kinds of architectural form. If I'm to appreciate a building, I need to know the history of why it was made this way and what that is telling us about the nature of architecture. We will not understand Tvila unless we understand why is it this way? Why is it not another one? Why do we have, between Bikas, Sashat, and Sugit, and Zimra, a little bit of Tvila that has, doesn't belong to either, called Psalm 30, Mizmur Shechan, and Gazabayz Ladami? What's it doing there? I mean, it looks as if it should belong in Pesukim and Zimra. Where does it come from? When did it first appear? Why did it first appear? Why did it stay? And all the other questions about Tefillah. Tefillah, even Tefillah, in the sense of studying the, the spirituality and the faith that are expressed in Tefillah, is incredibly important. And without that, we won't understand anyone at all. We don't know our own world. And that is why, even if sometimes, partially even, weren't all that great about Talmud Torah, and sometimes didn't have the opportunity, the means to fulfill the Milas Chazarim as much as others might have done. Nonetheless, they used to call them a Sidegi. You know? This is a Jew who doesn't. And that is why we are when Moshe Rabbeinu said, Hey, no, Yaminuli, Agadrish Baruch said, No. Hey, Maminim, the Because the Jew knows to die. I hope I've given you a little insight into the extraordinary deaths of Tefillah. All that insight, all put together, still doesn't create Ruach in Dalmin. For that, you need a little bit of emotion. And certainly, Barovam Hadras Melech. I thought I was coming to speak today to a dozen Smicha students, and I walk in and I see Baropa Adras Mellon. I thank you. I, I feel very moved and very humble. But friends, believe me if I say that the single greatest need of the Jewish people, with all deference to APAC, ADL, UGA federations, and all the rest, the deepest need of the Jewish people right now is to renew our roughness. That is what allowed us to survive worse crises than all the ones we faced today put together ten times over. Israel was assaulted by almost every great empire that ever appeared and bestrode the narrow world like Colossus, and yet they 
disappeared into the pages of history and we start sad and say I'm Israel. Why? Because the Jewish people kept faith alive and faith kept the Jewish people alive. That faith is expressed in Tefillah. May Hashem give each of you the strength and the depth to govern from the heart. May you, all your prayers, be prayers from the heart. And may all your prayers and ours and the prayers of all of Israel be heard and heeded by the Kodesh Baruch Hu. Amen.